Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to encourage you to collect yourself some beta readers, even after you think that you're finished with your book. It is a very wise choice for you to do ARC copies and for you to set pre-order dates. This is just a strategy. You might not want to employ the strategy, but this is what I'm doing, so I want to share. Um, You take and get art copies of your book and you think you're done you get your cover you get your formatting and then after everything is put into book format continue to get beta readers because the good news I will give you good news first the good news is that you put something out on pre-order and you can have people go to your landing pages and see that you have a book coming, but you can still update your manuscript and you can have time. Now, there are cutoffs for different platforms of when you would need to have that in, you know, like three days or a week or, you know, for it to have the processing time. So, you know, check whatever platform you're looking at and what your pre-order deadline is and go ahead and mark it on your calendar. Because this was the strategy that I wanted to do for my trilogy series. Now, here's, here's what happened with me with my trilogy. I took book one, went through, you know, did all of my edits and sent it out for betas. And then I got some responses back from my betas and they were like, okay, you've got some curly, you've got some curly quotations. You need to look. And you know what was going on? It was my pro writing a copy paste technique and somehow missing it. So I'm like, okay, well I know I gotta fix that anyway. So if I've gotta fix that, if I've gotta fix the curly quotations to where they're um, they were it, they were saying that some of them were inverted, and I'm like, that has got to be from that program because I was noticing it was doing it. I was just catching it maybe better than some places not. Um, so I know that I had to go in. So I was like, well, I've got to upload this book again. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and put out for more betas on this book because if I'm going to have to make that one change if there are any other issues that I do need to work through more betas can help me find them so 
I send it out. And I got an excellent beta review yesterday that is thorough. Now, I'm not saying it's excellent as far as it made me feel like I had a book that was ready to go. Because, no, it had questions in there that said, you really need to work on this. This is something you need to work on or this and this. So, I'm like, okay, thank you for the feedback. Now, when you get feedback, you have got to have a tough skin. And this is where I was talking to a younger writer just last week. And the younger writer wanted to quit. And she actually said, I don't think I can do this anymore. I want to see what my life is like without the stress. I want to see what my life will be like without writing. And it broke my heart. And I knew it was from a negative experience that she had with a reader. And I'm like, hon, you cannot, you know, stop your dreams. We get better. We will get better over time with every story that we write. We are not perfect. And just because we have something in our head, it doesn't necessarily mean that we get it out on paper the way that even we want to explain it or express it. And if we did, even if we did, y'all, let's say we had the most perfect story ever in our mind, okay, and in in 90% of the reader's mind, 10% of your readers are going to like your book. And I'm just throwing a number out there just to let you know that is not like any kind of research. All I know is that when I was looking at the green ember the other day, he had 90%. And he's bestseller number one. His book has been out since 2014. That's the book I'm reading right now. I'm in chapter five of this book. Absolutely love it. Um, But I haven't been like... Usually I'll sit down and read a book all the way through. I have not been able to do that because I'm just super, super busy. But I am keeping up with it. And I'm in chapter five now. (laughs) Kudos to me, right? But, you know, he had 90% reviews on Amazon that were you know, four or five stars, and then he has 10% that are low, and I'm like, okay, so that just proves the point that not everybody is going to like your book, not everybody will, and that's, that's what we got to expect, so the thick skin can come the more you have people to read your work, and so I'm going to give you a strategy, like, when you send out your books for betas, I want you to almost make like you can have to step outside of yourself, so as soon as you get the notification that somebody has said something, somehow figure out a way to, like, step out of yourself and step into your character, so that way that when you're looking at the beta read, then you're looking at it through the eyes of a character, and it's not necessarily you as the writer that's hurting your feelings, Um, (laughs) because it's going to hurt you if you sit there and say, well, my work isn't good enough, Um, nobody's ever going to buy this book, you know, all of this is so negative, there's nothing positive that they found, I mean, you can get yourself wrapped up into that mess for days, or you can speak from the character's point of view, and you can say, oh my gosh, when you said that my character, when that was unwavering faith, that's what I wanted. And so then, for me, that would make my character want to stand up and shout and say, "Exactly, sister! I have no un—I have no unwavering faith. I am strong in my faith and my beliefs. And you know what? Just because I'm 17, I can have that." I can be a strong, you know, Christian who's not doubting my faith. And I'm like, hey, there we go. That was her character. That was her voice. And she felt proud. She had her own moment of narcissism because she was like, okay, 
Well, if it consistently carried out, that means that I stayed true to character voice. I mean, so then I was taking things that other people would look at as being something negative as, okay, what was the true intent? What was the intent of that? What was the intent of her personality, so forth? And so I think that in that way, by doing it in such a weird, silly way, it breaks down any kind of negativity that you might feel when you're getting feedback because I love feedback, y'all. I love to get feedback. Now, I like to get nice feedback. I like to get it written in a good way. Who doesn't? But not everybody is going to give you feedback. It's going to be as nice as the feedback that I got last night from another beta reader who was reading my Hallmark movie. Because, guys, I beta read my mess like crazy. I don't want y'all to think that I just write it and put it up. Because I don't. I do the beta reader due diligence. And so I'm having someone, some people, not just one, look at my Hallmark pitch. And this is the first time, gosh, y'all, it's since probably college days that I actually try to write an adult romance. And so I'm like, I even told my husband, you know, I can, you know, write horror and YA. I'm like, you think I'm going to be able to even pull this off from my mama? And he was like, well, all you can do is try. I'm like, I'm going to try for my mama. I am. I promise y'all I'm putting forth the effort. I got to chapter two in my new whip. And I'm like, I can, you know, I've got 4,000 words in the book so far. And my deadline, you have to have a minimum of 75,000. So I'm at 71,000 words left to go. And I do feel like I can get very close to that target. Even if I don't make it and it goes through the rounds of betas, I definitely can still put the book out myself. Um, if Hallmark doesn't pick it up, I can still put it out myself. It's not going to be the end of the world. It'll be something that I wanted to do to challenge myself for my mama. Um, but I got, you know, wonderful feedback. It was, you know, well, this word, overbearing, would you say the mom was really overbearing at this point? Or do you think, what could be another word? And, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's just over the top excited because her daughter is getting married. So I'm like, thank you so much. The overbearing has a negative connotation. And I just wasn't considering it at that point. When I was writing, it just came on out. But that's what it does. It takes a beta reader to check that. And it checks back to the characterization of the mom. And I'm like, perfect. That's why we have betas. And it was such a nice way that it was said. And that falls better for anyone, you know. And it challenges you to think. And I thought through that character and I spoke up for Janice. And she, and I could hear her voice in my head going, I'm not overbearing. What are you talking about? I'm just excited my little baby is getting married. And I get to have this part of her life with her. And I'm thinking, yep, that's how you do it. You talk like through those character eyes. And maybe then you got your... You know, what do you need to drop? What do you need to consider? Would that? What other thoughts could they possibly have? So that's what I did when I got my extensive beta reader critique. Now there was a there was a part in there. There was a whole scene in there, a scene, an entire scene, like a page and a half, to where there was a question about a person's character. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get that. I'm, I, I see where that's probably not needed. Now, my book is extremely long, the one that they baited. Um, there's so much I could cut. If I get to 60,000 words on that book, um, 
I'm still good because my teenage exorcist book is 60,000 words. But but right now, I'm sitting like at 80,000 words in this book. And so, I've got room um, in this um, paranormal to be able to move it around and get to the action early. That's what I heard. And then I heard my character say, yeah, but we wanted the build up before the action but then but then I had to think about well what would the reader say so I went I contacted one of my writer friends um, and I told her what that comment was just to talk it out and so that's another thing that I can suggest for you go to your writing community the friends that you have built and you'll be able to say hey I have got a really brutal critique <laughs> and it said you really need to move this up ahead of time you need to find ways to do it early early and I'm like Okay, let's talk this through. Can you help me talk this through? And of course they did. And I talked it through. And I was like, I'm going to consider it. I'm going to continue to pray about it. And when I get in front of the screen and I have to take out that scene that I will be willing to let go because I'm not that like attached to my scenes so much as people would think. Like if it's going to be a scene that's going to make you not like the character because he fought um, and it doesn't really advance the plot any. Um, I, I'm not so big about keeping that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to fight anybody over it. Um, because then you've got to question the scenes. You've got to go back in and you've got to say, does this, does this action advance the characterization? Does it advance the plot? What is it about this scene that you wanted to keep in? And what is it that you could let go of, especially if you've got you know, 20,000 words you can play with and you can remove. So, I got plenty of time. That's why it's important. When you put things up for pre-order, like your banking, it doesn't mean that your editing doesn't stop. That means that you've just got more time to edit. You've got time to walk away from it and go back in and look. And so, I'm just very thankful that I have that kind of mentality. And I think my dissertation helped me anyway. Like, I can take critique. I can look at stuff and say, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, okay, but this is why I did it. Maybe I have a reason for book two that you don't know yet. So, you're not going to find it. If it's a trilogy, you're not going to find out everything. So, I'm glad you've got questions about this because I already know the answers because I've already written the whole trilogy. And so, I'm just beta reader, readering, whatever. I'm just sending it out for betas on the first one. So, it's nice to see, well, is there going to be this? Is there going to be that? And there, there's these questions. You want the reader to have those questions because then they would want to pick up book two to see if they are answered. So, that's also something positive. That's not meaning that all of those questions that they have just because somebody has the question that you've got to go in and tie all the loose strings up. No, it, you know it says book one of a series. You know that more things are going to be developed as you go. You'll learn a lot more of the backstory of certain characters in book two. You're not going to get it all in book one. and It's just a slow develop and maybe I'm going to be wrong in this, but that was the way that the book worked itself out. And some of the actual like secret parts, they don't even reveal themselves to book three. But yes, book three does have, you know, a definitive ending to the whole world. Um, 
And there are some areas that I do need to go in and clean up, and I understand that, and I've got to. That was the point. I knew it was still in the editing phase. I just wanted to go ahead and get everything done. They're banked. They're ready to go. Um, but I'm still editing as I go through the months. So learning how to like cycle your books through can also be a good strategy for you if you've got banked books because then you can say, well, I'm going to edit a little bit into this world and you can move from another world. But that's the, that is the world that I'm going to be looking at um, next because that's my October releases and um, December releases. Now, here's the thing. Okay, and here's what, this is my suggestion to you. When it's time for your book to go to ACX, that means that that book needs to be pitched ready to go because you do not want a narrator reading that book for you and you've got to make tons of changes. So you need to go through and do your, you know, five rounds of edits. You need to still continue to beta read. And then when you know that you've reached that final manuscript, that's when you submit your manuscript in. Because you don't want to go, oh, I'm still working on this, but I want to go ahead and pitch for 15 minutes. No, because your person going to be working on your book. So that's the reason why I did not even put up some of my books on ACX. I only put the books that were ready to go. And those books were My Boyfriend's Back, The Rapture Revolution, Hartwell Chronicles, and Lyric. So I only, and then of my poetry book, but it's so small. I was reading about it. They were saying it, and you might not want to do like really small books with audio. Um, so I'll see. I'll see what happens with that. But, um, I was gonna tell you oh but that's the reason why I only put those manuscripts up because I know that those are ready but the rest of my books I know that I was still having beta reads I'm still having friends read them too I've got uh, some teachers that are still reading the book and so it's still out there cycling and I'm still getting in trickling advice now the only thing that I did that hindsight um, it's really hard for the digital copies. So once you get the digital copies up there, it's really hard to do that formatting, uh, making sure all the images stick and all of that. So what I'm going to end up having to do is copy, paste, copy, paste into documents and all of that. But hey, that's okay. It's just going to take me a really good Saturday because this one is a super long book. And I'm just going to have to devote like one weekend just to doing the formatting for this particular book. But it's worth it because I'm building, you know, up that reader experience. Um, for the whole series. And so, once I get that book one completely done, I'm going to do the same thing with book two. And it's going to be for those people that have already went through book one. They have agreed to be my betas for the long haul. And they've said, yes, I will pick up, you know, book two, book three. So, that way they can look for anything that I might have missed, any inconsistencies throughout the trilogy. Um... And I will say, and you guys can joke me all you want, okay? But I got a great piece of feedback about my trilogy um, for just book one. 
and it was what other books come to your mind you know like that was kind of like one of the questions because um, that's what your publisher is going to ask you for comparative titles and there are readers out there that read a lot more um books that I might not read they might just have a different selection and a different filing cabinet in their brain and so they will pull it out in a different way right and so it's important to ask your betas that that's a good question and so well, guess what my response was it was this is similar to Twilight and the love and the powers and I'm like yes thank you Jesus because that's one of my favorite series books I love absolutely love Twilight and I love the love in the Twilight and as unrealistic as people made it sound you know how could Bella and Edward have a love like that so young how could you know she want to turn vampire so early how could she you know they had all of these you know you have two people you've got the positive Twilight fans <laughs> the loves of you know the lovers of twilight and then you've got the ones that have these questions about a lot of the plot a lot of the characters um you know why does edward have to be glitter i mean you hear it all you hear it all even still because twilight is old like me but i'm telling you i am fine with true love young love and if that is, you know, not going to sit well with people, well, it probably, when Stephanie Meyer was pitching it, and when people were first reading it, they either loved it or they didn't. And it's okay. And I'm okay with that. There's going to be people that do not love my book. And they're going to say, okay, it's her, it's her real first boyfriend, and she loves him. Well, true love happens that way. And it can happen that way. And so it's not unrealistic per se because there are, you know, many, many cases of true love, um, first love, first sight, you know, that whole thing. If you want to watch the video on YouTube of mine and my husband's love at first sight encounter, we actually videoed it uh, so we could go back and um, show our grandchildren one day, as corny as that is. But I'm telling you, it exists and I know firsthand because it happened to me. And so with me writing it, that just comes very natural to me. And so I don't look at it as being unrealistic or the character motivations fall because they cannot be motivated, you know, for that. Yes, they can because love can be a great motivator <laughs> and help you push through a story. So, so I would just say, you know, having that thick skin regardless of whoever you know you have reading whether it's your sister reading it your husband reading it your kids a colleague a neighbor a stranger um a professional editor you know whatever you've got going on with you just know that it's going to make your work better the whole purpose of you having other people to read it is to keep you in line and we all need that check because we are personal with our stories and we need sometimes to step outside of ourselves and look through the character's eyes and say okay yeah i can see where that scene will kind of come off a little too pushy okay yeah you're right that doesn't need to be in there and then you can drop the whole scene and who knows maybe the holy spirit has a whole nother idea for you that you can put right there in its spot and so do not be discouraged do not quit. 
just go in it with a renewed faith and a renewed energy to say, oh, wow, I had at least one person in the universe read my book. And even though they didn't like it, hey, they gave me some great thoughts to think about. They didn't like it, but that's okay. They didn't like it because they had this unwavering faith and it wasn't believable. But hey, I'm glad that that came through. Because there are, you know, in Christian fiction, I'm sure that there are people who doubt their faith and there are people that doubt it. And, you know, she goes through that process. They might have just skimmed it. She doubted it. She even went to her preacher asking for confirmation and had to have that kind of, it had been on her mind and in her heart. So maybe I didn't express it or maybe they skipped over the section of that church piece to where she was having questions about it um and so you just you know the the you know the full circle piece you know your book you know it but you also need to know when you need to change it (laughs) we cannot be so hard-headed and stubborn and we're going to hold on to everything and and you know what? We might, though. We might. We might stand by the book. We might stand by everything we wrote. And we say, nope, nope, nope. There's a reason. There's a reason. But if people bring up these great, valid points, just be grateful. And even be grateful when you hear the negative pieces. Do you know why? Because you're going to probably see that in a review. You're probably one day going to see a review where somebody writes about my book. Oh, you know, that young love stuff. Well, this is a sweet, clean romance. This is a Christian fiction book. Um, This is going to have a lot of, you know, church elements, true love sensors. It's powers. It's about true love powers. I'm like, okay, um, once you get confirmation about the powers, uh, you don't go much further to knowing that that's it. So, So I know things that maybe the reader doesn't know. And so I got to go in and make sure I at least bring some breadcrumbs to the table and kind of push them off um, and just leave them all throughout the chapters and have breadcrumbs all throughout the chapters and just kind of maybe sprinkle in some of that paranormal early. And so I shall do so. I shall look and see. Um, I'll see how I can fix and move and improve. And then what can I keep? So... I tell you all of that and saying, okay, I don't have the time like I used to. I'm sitting in the parking lot of my job. I'm looking at a brick wall side of a building and a tree. I'm looking at reserved parking. I'm not looking at computer screen, but I am not going to give up. I am going to find ways to make this work. I'm going to go home, do my power nap, maybe get some writing in before the crock pot is ready. We've already had a family discussion about meals and meal prep. Um, We're going to do two days a week crock pots during the week. We've already discussed weekend chores as far as like my husband running to get groceries. That saves me a lot of time on Sundays. Um, so we've we've actually kind of looked at some ways that the family can help me out so I can continue to have some time. Um, we looked at our most busiest days of the week. My husband's going to uh, cook on Mondays. That is my busiest day of the week. Crock pots are going to be on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and so those are kind of like days that I will be able to really focus in. Those are my son's gym days, but that's okay because he's driving himself. (laughs) Um, 
And so we've, you know, we've got to figure out how to make sacrifices. We also have to figure out how to ask those people around us for help. Um, we've talked about Saturdays and what happens after Saturday homeschool adventures and before UFC. And so that gives me a window every Saturday to make YouTube videos. Um, we talked about that might be the best day for me to make videos unless something just strikes me. You guys know that that whole schedule thing that doesn't necessarily work with me always because if I get like a hint of inspiration or I get really excited, I'm going to jump on YouTube whenever. Um, no makeup, my hair a mess. You ought to see the Raptor Revolution unboxing. I was so excited. I ran upstairs and hit play, hit record, um, sat down and just started talking. So the whole the whole process on YouTube may be in the middle of the week, but I know that I can at least have some blocked out time for that. I've already went through my calendar, and this was a good help to me to see, okay, when is my newsletter due for my email subscribers? And if you guys want to subscribe to my newsletter, you can just email me, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, and put newsletter in the subject line. And that way, I'll know um, to add your name to the newsletter email blast. Um, and so, I'm building a lot of things. Um, we looked at our calendar as far as the events go and, and how that's going to work as far as ordering materials for that. So, we did a lot of pre-planning yesterday and just talking through. Even though I didn't do any writing yesterday, I did edits yesterday of uh, my Hallmark movie when I was getting the beta read suggestions. I went ahead and cleared them all out, resolved them in Google Docs, and corrected everything on my main manuscript. So, I did, so I did write yesterday, but I didn't write Chapter 3 because um, I couldn't, and we had family obligations, but even in the car, we were talking about um, how to restructure. Before church, uh, me and Eli sat down with our coffee, and we just talked about how to restructure the life, so that way I could figure out a way to make this continue to work. And so I'm asking you to pray over your own circumstance and your own situations, and let us find ways that we can continue to do what we love and this passion. Um and to do it with, you know, without being so exhausted, without being so tired. And we can still help other people in the process, make room for other people other than just us. So, just pray for me. We're going to see how this works, guys. You guys have been with me the whole time in the podcast. And y'all know I'm not going anywhere with the podcast. Because this is one of the easiest things for me. I can talk with you guys on the way to work. And I can catch up with you on the way home. Um, and so, putting out two podcasts a day, that's easy for me. So, you guys still expect me to be around, but I've got to learn how to balance all my other platform work and write. So, uh, that's going to be my next uh, few days of how to reorganize my life. And I'll share those strategies with you of what's working with me. So, that way you could possibly try to some of them yourself or, or modify them to work for you. All right, guys, time to go to work. I'm headed on in and uh, get to meet our new teachers. I'm really excited about working with our new people this year and my old people. And um, just pray for all of the teachers out there that are starting off their school year. We need all the prayers that we can get. Um, and uh, thank you guys for just sticking around. And uh, have a blessed one. Bye. Bye. 
Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.